What's good, everybody, man? Welcome to another episode of Talking Sports with Manny, man. This episode is going to be fire. Uh, We're going to talk NFL. We're going to talk NHL, MLB, and last but not least, the NBA. We got a lot to talk about. So let's get started with the NFL, man. Uh, Some guys got paid today. Uh, Bills Dawkins, they agreed to a $60 million contract extension for their tackle that can also play guard as well. Um, Travis Kelsey got paid, but it wasn't until George Kittle got paid. George Kittle got a $75 million extension, making him the highest paid tight end in football. And then literally less than an hour after that deal went down, Kansas City said, yo, we got to pay our guys. So they gave Travis Kelsey a four-year, $57 million extension. So it puts um, Kittle at 1A and then um, Kelsey right underneath him at 1B. So both guys reset the market. I was telling somebody that I believe that Austin Hooper, um, the Browns got him at a steal at $10.5 million a year. Uh, he told me that 10.5 does not sound like a steal, but the market for tight ends is only going to go up two years from now. That 10.5 million is going to seem like such a super discount. And Austin Hooper, even though that I'm not a fan of his, he's still a pretty good tight end. So with the lack of tight ends in the NFL, that makes Austin Hooper a legit top five to top seven tight end. Um, I like Mark Andrews a lot. Um, He's entering his third year, and I don't believe he was a first-round pick. So in about two years, he's going to be getting paid. Zach Ertz, they try to get a deal done. Uh, Eagles try to get a a deal done with uh, Zach Ertz, and it didn't work out. So um, Zach Ertz, he turns 31 in about two years, so he'll be able to get a deal done then. And also, Dallas Godard also is due for a deal as well in two years. But the good thing is... Um, Since Dallas Godard was a first-round pick, it'll be interesting to see if they pick up the fifth-year option on him. I believe they will pick up the fifth-year option on him. I mean, it would only make sense, but we'll see what happens. Um, So speaking on the NFL, man, it was a big incident that went down and uh, it was a few drama in the NFL and there's always drama in the NFL, but we're going to start with the first one. Uh, The Seattle Seahawks cut Kima uh, Siverand. I think that's how you say his name. Kima Siverand. Um, He is a undrafted rookie that Seattle signed. Um, So he had a chance to make the team, um, you know, anytime that you brought in, even if you feel like the player does not have a legit chance, they do have a chance because you never know how things pan out. Although there was not a preseason, there's still a training camp. So Seattle had hotels for their players and everything. And what this player tried to do was he tried to sneak this girl into the hotel room. And I don't know if somebody snitched, if somebody heard, if there was cameras. But either way, um, the Seattle Seahawks found out and then they cut him. See, these are precautions that you got to take if you want the NFL to have a full season this year. 
the NFL is trying their best to do everything possible for us to have a season with the NFL. Not um, they're not playing in a bubble. Yes, they've eliminated fans and done some different things, but people are still going to catch the virus. So they're trying to do their best to minimize outside visitation. Now, there is something that if let's say, for example, that somebody traveled with you, meaning that anybody who is traveling with the team, they can visit you. So you can go from a player's room to a player's room, a coach's room to a coach's room. But to get somebody to come into uh, the hotel, that's a no, no. So he got cut and it's going to look like he's probably not going to get another shot, at least not this season. So um, we'll see how it you know shapes out. But. You know, he tried to sneak in, you know, a lady into the room for some moments of fun. And, um, you know, he got busted. So um, he got what he deserved. People got to take this COVID thing serious. People got to take their health serious because not only are you jeopardizing yourself, you're jeopardizing your teammates who are your brothers. You're jeopardizing the NFL. You're 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 also jeopardizing other um, other players. So. You know, he got what he deserved, and um, I'm glad that the NFL is on top of things. Everybody is saying that the NFL is not going to have a full season. I have faith that the NFL will have a full season. Um, I just think that there's going to be some replacement-type players if need be. Um, Also saw some, some more drama today with Jamal Adams, man. So... Greg Williams, who is the defensive coordinator for the Jets, he he was saying that Jamal Adams might um, <laughs> he was saying that Jamal Adams might get bored playing in the scheme that Seattle plays. And why would Jamal Adams be bored? First of all, he has gone from a trash team. The Jets have been trash for years. Now you go to a team that is always contending for Super Bowls. Even though Seattle has fallen short the last couple years, the last few years, but at the end of the day, they're still going to the playoffs. They have a great quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and they have a very good defense. So I don't think <laughs> Jamal Adams is going to be bored. So what Jamal Adams ended up saying was he said that um, he's not going to have that problem with Seattle because Seattle does not make the kind of mistakes that that the Jets make. So this whole Jamal Adams thing just keeps going back and forth, back and forth, man. So, uh, I mean, it's good for football. I'm not sure if the Jets play Seattle this year, but if they do, man, boy, that's going to be a match that I definitely want to see. Matter of fact, they do play this year because um, I remember Jamal Adams calling out Le'Veon Bell, telling him to circle the calendar. If I'm not mistaken, it might be, I think, week 14 or something like that. So it's going to be fun. You know, he's beefing with Le'Veon Bell. He's beefing with Greg Williams. Um, He says he loves his teammates, but his old teammates. But, man, I don't know, man. They just keep making this thing worse and worse and worse. And uh, Jamal Adams is a guy that I believe he can play in any system. Um I was put on some game about some uh, fantasy IDP and the guy that was talking about the fantasy IDP was saying, look, Jamal Adams is a guy that if you put him in any system, he's still going to produce because when he's around that box, he gets tackles. He gets sacks. Yes, he might not be the best in coverage, but he can cover. But that's not his strength. So I believe he's going to have a great season, man. He's going to he's going to make Seattle fans forget about Cam Chancellor. (laughs) 
Cam Chancellor was a great player. No disrespect to him, but Jamal Adams is a whole different ball game. So I can't wait to see that matchup, man, between the Jets and Seattle. Let's get on the baseball, man. The baseball season has been pretty good uh, this year so far. I enjoyed the Nationals beating down the Mets, and then the Mets came back and beat the Nationals uh, in the last two games. Uh, speaking of the Mets, man, uh, outfielder McNeil was carted off the um, off the field um, after crashing into the wall. So hopefully um, he gets better. Hopefully he recovers. Uh, but within a short season, man, you don't know how many games people are going to miss. Uh, so it's uh, it's a tough task to, you know, keep players healthy. And with the season being so short, just like Juan Soto, when Juan Soto missed all them games, it was very critical. Speaking of Juan Soto, man, Juan Soto is playing some of the base baseball, some of the best baseball that I've seen in a while. Um, although he missed a lot of games, he can potentially win MVP. Uh, there's a few guys out there that are playing phenomenal ball right now. Um, speaking of phenomenal ball, man, shout out to Mookie Betts, man, a guy that I grew up with, a guy that went to my high school. He had three homers uh, today, and this is the sixth time that this has ever been done in the history of baseball. So three homers in one game, that's huge. As a pitcher, why do you keep throwing it to the guy who has killed you not one, not two, not three times. So shout out to Mookie Betts. Um, phenomenal player. Got paid. Deserves the money that, that he got. I wish you the best, my brother. Um, the, speaking of the Dodgers, um, the Dodgers have teamed up with LeBron um, to use the stadium for a poll site. Um, today, Strasburg was uh, ejected for arguing from the stands. Uh, baseball is getting wild, man. I'm seeing instances where um, people are fighting and and getting tossed. Um, I heard a story, I think it was about a few days ago, where um, a player said something about this guy's mama, and he just went off. Man, he went crazy. I mean, you can't talk about somebody's mama, man, and 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 think that that you're gonna go scot scot free. So. Um, shout out to the players protecting their moms. Um, the Cards and White Sox opener pushed back to Saturday. Um, so as baseball deals with deals with the coronavirus, hopefully the NBA is looking at what baseball is doing, and hopefully they can see ways to improve on what baseball has done. Now, mind you, that baseball is not a contact sport like football, so that's what kind of scares people there's tons of people that i play fantasy football with and they are afraid to play fantasy football this year because they they believe that there's not going to be a season this year so um let's look at some standings man let's look at some standings uh let's start with the al uh you got the oakland a's in first place right now at 13 and 6 you got the yankees at 12 and 6 minnesota's up there in tampa bay those are the top four teams in the AL. And then in the NL, you got Chicago at 13 and three. Um, you got Colorado out here. You got the Dodgers. And then you have Miami, um, <laughs> which is very interesting to see Miami, you know, being a division leader. So, uh, 
that division is uh, somehow because usually you expect teams like the Nationals and the Braves to be doing something. The Nationals have been bad. Um, like I like I mentioned earlier, they lost those two games to the Mets. Um, the Mets are ahead of the Nationals. The Phillies are dead last, um, even with all the money that they gave uh, Bryce Harper. But yeah, we're not talking about that right now. Um, so it's going to be interesting, man. The wild card race is going to be crazy. Um, so it seems like the, that the division guys already locked. Um, right now when the NL is looking like Miami is going to win this, but, you know, still early in the season, so to speak. So a team like Atlanta, even the Mets or Washington can even emerge and take that division. Chicago, you know, and then with the whole thing that happened with STL, they're two and three. So, you know, makeup games, the coronavirus, you know, so some of those things are going to play into the standings. It'll be interesting to see how baseball decides to make up these games. Colorado, um, Dodgers and San Diego, that's going to be a tight one right there. That's going to be a tight one. So wild card is going to be pretty, pretty interesting. And then in, in the in the AL, the Yankees are just doing their thing, man. They're doing their thing. To me, the Yankees are the best team in baseball this season. But um, it's debatable. It's debatable. It really is. But Yankees are very, very solid. They can come out of this division. And Tampa Bay is right there on their heels. Do not sleep on the Baltimore Orioles either. They're right there. They've been playing decent ball all season. So we'll see how these things shake out when people play more series and, you know, people start playing each other within a division. It's definitely going to level everything out. I am enjoying seeing Boston at the bottom of the AL East. I'm loving that, man. As a Yankees fan and a Nationals fan, I just hate Boston. As a Lakers fan, I hate Boston, man. I hate everything about Boston, man. You know, I even hate the uh, New England Patriots. They've done nothing to me. I just hate them, you know. So, yeah, I'm a Boston hater. Yes, I'm saying it. I don't care. Um, the Oakland A's are real solid. Um, Houston, man, it's a shocker to just see them at 8 and 10. So, it's going to be cool to see this race, um, you know, level out. Um, AL wild card, you got Tampa Bay Oriole, Orioles. Those are the two that I think are going to win this wild card. It's going to be between one and one of those guys. And in the um, NL, Dodgers, man, I mean, the Dodgers got to get that wild card. With all the money that they've invested in their team, they are in win mode now. So if they don't win the division, I definitely see them coming out with the wild card. Although San Diego is good, although ATL is good, and we'll see what happens with STL. But... um, yeah, it's going to be a fun, fun race, tight race. Um, like I said, for those who enjoy baseball, this is the perfect time to enjoy some baseball. So let's talk a little hockey. So. The NHL postseason is here finally, and it's a 2014 playoff, something that we have never seen. Well, I have never seen. (laughs) Uh, So you got the Philadelphia Flyers at number one, and they played the number 12 Montreal Canadiens. 
Then at number two, you got Tampa Bay Lightning. They play the Columbus Blue Jackets, the 2-9 matchup. Then you got the Washington Capitals, which I believe should have been higher, but with the Robin and, and all the, you know, all us, you know, they just ended up being a third seed in the East. So they played a number seven um, New York Islanders. Then you got the 4-6 matchup between the Boston Bruins and the Carolina Hurricanes. Then in the Western Conference, you have Vegas Golden Knights at number one, and they play the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, it's amazing that Vegas was a uh, expansion team not too long ago, and, you know, they're having a lot, of, a lot of success. I mean, their first year as an expansion team, they made it all the way to the finals and lost to my Capitals. Um, you got Colorado at number two, and uh, they're playing the number 11 Arizona Coyotes. Then you have Dallas Stars um, at three. They play Calgary Flames. Uh, the 4-7 matchup is the um, St. Louis Blues versus the Vancouver Canucks. So those are the matchups, man. And, um, you know, some of the experts, let's look at what, what some of the experts are saying um, for the Philly I mean, for the uh, Philly Flyers and the Montreal Canadiens, a lot of guys are taking the Flyers in five or six. Very few pick the Canadiens. <laughs> Obviously, it's a it's a it's a twelve it's a one twelve matchup. And in hockey, anything can happen. Um, the uh, with the Tampa Bay and the Blue Jackets match, everybody's picking the Lightning. Only a couple people picked uh, the Blues. Which is, you know, it's understandable. Now, with the Capitals and the New York Islanders, what I'm seeing is, it's almost split. It's almost like there's an edge. More people are picking the Islanders than the Washington Capitals. So, we got to watch that one closely. I think that's going to be tighter than what people think. I mean, these are what the experts are saying. Um, with the Bruins and the Hurricanes, everybody picked the Hurricanes, <laughs> even though that the Bruins have a higher uh, seed. I mean, it's pretty much like almost a sweep. You know, of course, it's Hurricanes and six, not a sweep, but people chose Hurricanes. And then in, in the West, everybody really chose the Golden Knights um, in that one twelve matchup with the two eleven matchup. Um, a lot of people chose the Avalanche. Uh, to beat the Coyotes. So no upset there. Uh, with the Stars and the Flames, um, there's everybody's picking the Flames uh, to win this one. It's almost like 60-40, almost 50-50. So it seems like the 3-8 matchups are has been the most competitive. Um, or the 3-7. Um, so this 4-7 matchup between... Um, the Blues and the Canucks, um, the Blues, most people pick the Blues to win. So uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, let's go ahead and check uh, into the series already. I know that this that the series has already started um, tonight. Um, the Stars are still playing the Flames. Um, it's in the third period. And, um, you know, the Flames are leading the series one zero. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. 
uh, the rest of the way. Dallas is probably going to win this game. So Dallas is probably going to uh, be able to tie this at 1-1. Um, the Blue Jackets um, tied the series at 1-1, uh, beating the Lightning today. Uh, the Blackhawks lost to the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights lead the series 2-0, which was what everybody was saying. Um, and the Hurricanes and Bruins match is tied up. 1-1. So, um, yeah, that's it for hockey. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, go Capitals. All right, let's get to the NBA, uh, which has been my favorite sport so far to watch. Of course, the NFL is my favorite to watch, but there's no NFL right now. And so the NBA takes the cake. So, man, the bubble has been a success. Um, it was better than what I expected that it, that it would be. Um, Friday, which is tomorrow, I'm, I'm recording this thing right now when it's Thursday night, but Friday is going to wrap up. Um, the bubble, I think it's four games left and everything pretty much has been decided. Um, tonight I watched a great game between the Portland Trailblazers and the Brooklyn Nets. That game went down to the wire. Karis Levert is a monster. He went toe to toe with Dame Lillard. And, um, even Dame Lillard said, Hey, Karis Levert is cold. And, you know, he said that CJ locked him up because had Karis Levert got into the paint and hit one of those mid-range shots that, that he normally does, he probably would have hit it. But for him to, uh, for a CJ to finally step up defensively and keep him outside of the paint, that was a difference of the game. Portland is one of the most gifted uh, scoring teams that are in the bubble right now currently. Uh, there's no Golden State. Uh, Houston is a very good scoring team. But, um, you know, the way that Melo has been playing prior to this game, he had 20 uh, points three games in a row. Lillard came in with uh, 50 the other night and then scored 60 the other night. Then he had, uh, I think, 39 tonight. So Lillard has just been playing out of his mind. I'm seeing a lot of uh, trash talk. Uh, saying that the Portland Trailblazers can beat the Lakers, you know, in uh, the playoffs. First of all, look, Portland can score. Portland has been good. You know, they get, you know, they got back Nurkic, but the, but the thing with Nurkic is in a pick and roll, he can't guard anybody. Really, Portland can't guard anybody. Look at the, look at their uh, top three perimeter guys Lillard, who has to score so much that he doesn't focus on defense. Then you got McCullough. You know, he can score, but he defense is not his thing. Matter of fact, he's an undersized shooting guard. Then you got Carmelo, who, God bless his heart, he can't guard no one. Okay? So, already, yes, you have the NBA leading's, uh, leading uh, a shot blocker in Whiteside, but defense is more than shots being blocked. You know, you got to be able to protect the paint as well as the perimeter. And I think we're, if... Portland, see, Portland has to play the Memphis Grizzlies on Saturday to, you know, to find out who plays the Lakers. I put out something on Twitter and I said, you know, all this that, you know, Grizzlies are doing and Portland are doing, I commend them, but they're going to get swept by, by the Lakers. Not just because I'm a Lakers fan, but the Lakers have not really turned it up in the bubble. Everybody is panicking. Oh, the Lakers look terrible. Oh, the Lakers can't score. Oh, the Lakers can't do this. But you got to realize the Lakers, 
were literally the best team in the West for so long. Yes, they haven't looked good offensively in the bubble, but I think that the Lakers have not really shown what they can do. You know, when it's playoff time, you're going to see a different LeBron James. People are saying, oh, he's old. Well, this old man led the NBA in assists this year. Okay. Then Anthony Davis. Yes. Although we have not seen Anthony Davis in the playoffs much, there's nobody that's on Portland that can guard him. That's one. There's nobody on Portland that can guard LeBron James. Where the problem is going to come for the Lakers is if Danny Green, Kuzma, some of the bench guys are not hitting shots. When the Lakers are hitting shots, they're literally the best team in the NBA. So we're going to see what happens. I stand by my statement. Lakers are going to sweep whether it's Memphis or whether it's uh, the Trailblazers. And y'all hold me to it. Call me out on Twitter. Y'all know I love to talk. So um, that's my statement. I think the Lakers sweep whoever they play for so many reasons. Dame, if Dame has to score 50 and 60 for Portland to barely win, come on. It just doesn't bode well for them. It just does not bode well. You're going to need a team collective effort. I know that Portland is shooting like crazy. Like today, today, the game that I watched, the Nets started double teaming Damian Lillard. And then there was a time when Lillard had like eight threes and the rest of the team only had three. Even though they have Gary Harris, I mean, uh, not Gary Harris, Gary Trent, and they have Carmelo, and they have all these different guys that can shoot and score. Why weren't they making shots? Yes, now they did start making shots towards the end of the game, and then it got real competitive. But they almost lost to the Nets. They were one shot away from not even having a play-in. So Portland fans, Lakers, Laker, Laker haters, just calm down for a little bit. Just calm down for a little bit. Um, let's see what happens. I do think that it's going to be a sweep. That's just my personal opinion, and it's not that I'm biased. I just don't think that Portland can play defense. They can't. I don't think they can get enough stops to get them a win. You're not going to outscore everybody, you know. So if it gets into a game where Portland loves to play big, Lakers love to play big. That fits right into what the Lakers love to do, a half-court game to where they can slow it down, play big, play JaVale or Dwight along with Anthony Davis. And sometimes you're going to see a lineup that consists of Dwight Howard, AD, and Kuzma. I think that's going to be a lineup that that closes sometimes. It just all depends on matchups. Frank Vogel was talking about Kuzma being brought up when a team is big. So with Portland, they're semi-big. They play a center, and then they play, I think, Carmelo at the power forward. So they're not so, so big, but... Having those centers, those tra- those traditional centers like Whiteside and Nurkic is going to play into what the Lakers love to do. They're going to pick and roll and get they're going to pick on Nurkic, man. They're going to pick on Nurkic. They're going to pick on Whiteside in the pick and roll. Their best bet is going uh, Zach Collins because he's more mobile. He can move his feet. But yeah, other teams in the bubble. Clippers look good. Uh, they're going to be a tough out. Um. I love that Clipper matchup. It's going to be Clippers and Dallas. I can say that Dallas is going to give Clippers uh, some work. Obviously, the Clippers are going to win, but the way that Luka has been playing, the way that the Unicorn have been playing, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun matchup. 
if Dallas goes big with Boban, Boban is a is a solid center. He had 18 points uh, and 20 rebounds today. Of course, they lost. It was a losing effort. But Boban has potential to do some work. Uh, so Clippers are getting back Montrez Harrell. Uh, so that's really going to change the whole dynamics for the Clippers. But at the same time, it's going to kind of mess with their chemistry just a little bit. Once Montrezl Harrell starts doing what he does, he's an energy guy. He doesn't really need plays called for him. Uh, Clippers should be a tough out. Um, we'll see if there's enough basketballs to go around. What the Clippers have done to kind of change their team a little bit is starting Reggie Jackson instead of starting Beverly. That that has been the key. That has been a huge key because Reggie Jackson gives you a little bit more offense than what Beverly would give you. So Clippers, Dallas, that's going to be my favorite first round matchup. Um, it's probably going to be Lakers and Portland. That's going to be a very good matchup. Uh, despite Dame uh, going off and doing this thing, I still say that's a sweep. Uh, then you have the matchup of the three and the six, which is uh, the uh, Denver Nuggets and the Utah Jazz. That's going to be a pretty good matchup right there. Um, I think Denver probably takes that in five or six, but we'll see. It just all depends on Donovan Mitchell. You know, losing bogey, um, they're going to be lacking points. They're going to be lacking points, and Denver can really fill it up. Denver is nice. They're long. They're young. Uh, Denver scares me. Denver scares me in the playoffs. They they scare me. Um, then the other matchup is the Houston and OKC. That's the 4-5 matchup. Uh, no Russell Westbrook for the first couple games at least. So do they have enough to take down OKC? I still believe they do because James Harden is just that good. The Rockets did very well to get away from playing the uh, Lakers or Denver or Clippers. I think they are in the right spot. OKC matchup. That's going to be a good matchup. We'll see what uh, Rudy Gobert does. He's not really a scorer, but he's going to be rebounding a lot with the Rockets not having a big man. So we'll kind of see what that dynamic looks like. Rockets got to knock down shots. When they're knocking down shots, they look awesome. When they're not knocking down shots, they look terrible. Can Utah score to keep up with Houston, even without Westbrook. So all these things are going to be answered. I remember the last time before the NBA got shut down there. Um, I think they they put Rudy Gobert on Russell Westbrook and Russell Westbrook just went crazy. And then on the other end, they had Harden and, you know, Covington, Garden, Gobert. So we'll see what happens there in the East. The matchups are already set. You have the number one, um, which is the Bucks. They'll they're going to be playing um, Orlando. Uh, Bucks might sweep them, maybe five. Then you got the two and the seven matchup, which would be the Brooklyn Nets and the Toronto Raptors. An another four or five. Um, I don't think the East matchups get good until you know um, until the second round. With the West, Dallas and Portland are nicer than, you know, the Nets and um, and the Magic. So the three and six matchup is where it starts to get interesting. I believe the three and six matchup is going to be the Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers, I believe. 
And that's an interesting matchup because you never know with the Joel Embiid factor. Is he healthy? It always comes down to uh, to uh, Embiid. So the Sixers are going to be without Ben Simmons, and that's a big loss because Ben Simmons is a guy that can play some defense. He he can control the offense, and he does his thing. He is a nice player. I mean, he's a borderline superstar, if not a superstar. So that's, that, that three six matchup is definitely not what we believed or thought that it would be, but it's, I still think it's going to be a good matchup between the two. Um, obviously, Boston, Boston are the favorites, uh, but we'll see what happens. I mean, crazy things have happened. I mean, this is the bubble. Just like people think that the Trailblazers can beat the Lakers, anything can happen. Um, then the four five matchup is going to be a good one. We're going to get seven games. Hopefully, I hope this series goes seven. I want to see some Jimmy Butler versus TJ Warren. TJ Warren has been one of the MVPs in this bubble. Um, Luca, TJ Warren, uh, Devin Booker, uh, Damian Lillard. Uh, Unicorn. There's been so many people that have played some pretty good ball in this bubble. So that matchup is going to be good. I've said it before. I think Miami is the best three-point shooting team in the bubble. I mean, they have guys like Duncan Robinson and and um, what's the other one? Hero, uh, um, Olenek. There's so many guys. Crowder. I mean, these guys can fill it up from three, and they play solid defense. You got Jimmy Butler, you got Eagle Dollar, uh, you got Crowder. So they got wings. They got wings, and then they got, uh, you know, they, they do have a big, they don't play as big as other teams, but they do like to stretch uh, the floor. Bam can do so much. Bam is possibly going to win the uh, most improved player this year, although Luka can as well. So the the awards coming up are going to be bananas. I don't even want to think about how the awards are going to go, um, but we will see what happens. But yeah, that Miami and uh, Indiana matchup, that might be the best matchup of the first round in the entire NBA. Now, I want to talk about some um, some teams that didn't make the playoffs or have gotten eliminated. The Washington Wizards came out here and I felt like they shouldn't have been out here, but they got to get guys like um, Jerome Robinson some play. Um, their center, Thomas Bryant, played very well. Um, so hopefully these young guys can take what they gained here and apply it into next season. Because there are teams like the Charlotte Hornets and, you know, the Bulls, the Knicks, Pistons. Some of these teams wanted to play, but they couldn't play. So this was great exposure for the young guns. And they got to get some some games. They finally got a win today. Shout out to the Boston Celtics for helping the Wizards get a win in the bubble. Um, another honorable mention was the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns came out to the bubble and went 8-0. Shout out to them. They played very, very well. Um, the Spurs lost. Well, the minute that the Grizzlies won, it was a wrap for the Spurs. 22 years of making the playoffs. Shout out to them. Uh, that's very hard to do. Couple decades of making the playoffs. That's, I mean, that's an amazing, amazing accomplishment. But yeah, the, the Phoenix Suns are going to be very, very solid next year. The Sacramento Kings and the Pelicans, I didn't really see much out of both teams, but hey, their young guys got to get exposed and they, you know, they got to see 
and not play. So the main objective is to play. So their young guys got some burn. Hopefully they, you know, grow from this experience. So uh, the Grizzlies and the Portland Trailblazers are going to have a play in and it's, uh, it's going to start on Saturday. So um, that's going to be fun. Uh, Dame Lillard is probably going to go off again. Um, I don't know how many points he's going to score this time, but the guy's on a tear. He's hot right now, so you got to ride that hot hand. Um, and let's see what happens. But, yeah, I'm excited for the playoffs. The playoffs kick off on Monday. That's going to be very, very exciting. They have reserved Saturday and Sunday for the playing games. Um, I really don't know how that works. I don't know if it's best two out of three. Um, so, you know, I'll be watching. I'll be trying to see uh, how this is going to go. Uh, so if Portland wins, then what happens? Do so they play again on Sunday and then they win again and then they're in? Um, but most likely um, there's going to be a game versus the Lakers on Tuesday, most likely. We all are picking Portland to win. We all are saying that the Grizzlies have no shot. So um, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm excited for it. The NBA is back. Sports are back. Life is great. And um, I hope you guys are staying safe out there. I appreciate you guys. Uh, Be sure to follow me on Twitter at TS with Manny. Uh, Follow me on uh, YouTube, Talking Sports with Manny, as well as Facebook. Uh, My uh, IG handle is TS with Manny. Um, Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, you know, my DMs are always open. Y'all can tweet me, man. We can talk more. Let me know who was your favorite player to watch in this NBA restart. Um, Yeah, let's get it.